Make sure to give my dad a five-star review. Get, make sure to like and subscribe to his YouTube. And thank you for listening and enjoy the show. show. <laughs> Hey, welcome Faithful Politics listeners and viewers. Welcome back. Um, we're glad to have you. Um, this week, we will be doing a, another episode about critical race theory. Um, I know, I know. I'm, 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 I'm not even thrilled about it. <laughs> but um, um, we've got joining us sitting in the, the Faithful Chair, Pastor Gerald Shutsky, Coming live and direct from one of the Dakotas. Which one? North or south? Uh, uh, Fargo, North Dakota. Oh, Fargo. Mm. Is yeah. that a, is that a, a pretty like like the movie Fargo? Do people like hate that movie? Well, um, people love that movie, but it w- really wasn't shot in Fargo. It's it's like shot down in Minnesota, just a little bit away. Mm. So the accent is is there are people that talk like that, but the majority of people <laughs> talk like most Midwesterners. So, uh, gosh, but, I hate yeah, how Fargo fake was kind of metropolitan ish. You know, we have, hmm. uh, it's, it's nice. It's not, it's not huge by any means, but it's like, I think the Metro with, uh, um, Fargo's right on the border with Minnesota. So there's Moorhead and there's surrounding towns. So our Metro is probably, um, 380,000 people so it's yeah. it's not a bad size yeah but that's, that's once really you get cool. past that there's a whole lot of nothing so so yes there are <laughs> areas like that but people that, tell me that's really cool Fargo is a good movie I haven't watched it yeah yeah well in, in case anybody's wondering where uh where pastor josh is he's currently this week in area 51 trying to uncover um a little bit more detail from that ufo report that the senate released so hopefully when we get him back in september he will have more to offer um but we will um we we wanted to um do a bit of a recap of the CRT series. I've had a lot of uh, viewers, listeners, friends just ask me about, you know, what do I think? What do I feel about CRT? Um, and and before I do that, I, I, I do want to, you know, I, I do want to kind of frame our conversation a little bit and just give our listeners and viewers just a little bit of insight about why we decided to do it, um, how we kind of chose our guests, um, because, um, what, a, what a lot of people don't know, number one, um, our podcast, you know, even though we have plenty of listeners around the world, we get really, really awesome and great guests. It's a pretty small operation. So, um, it's basically a one or two man operation. I do all of the editing sound video. Um, you know, we, we take donations to basically fund the website and stuff like that. So it's very grassroots and it's very sort of homegrown, um, that said, you know, we always try to deliver kind of the best product we can. So, you know, we had a lot of uh, comments both on our Facebook and our Twitter page about James Lindsay in particular. Um, and we will get into his podcast in a little bit. But, you know, 
when we asked our listeners, hey, like, who's a good person to kind of talk on the other side of critical race theory, most of our listeners suggested James Lindsay. So um, that said, you know, we really try to cater and tailor our our episodes and our show to a pretty diverse audience. So we've got, you know, listeners on the left, right, up, down, whatever um, spectrum. So for a lot of the people that are that are writing hateful arguments and hateful comments on our YouTube and other channel, just know that <laughs> like we're not we're 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 not doing it to intentionally upset you. Uh, but uh, maybe Josh is, but he's not here, so he can't defend himself. But we're we're not doing that. Uh, we we just want to kind of offer a, a real broad, broad sort of like view and perspective that maybe uh, you know people haven't really been exposed to. So that said. Um, we did have three um, episodes on critical race theory. The first one had Daniel Hosang from Yale University. Um, in that episode, he, I, I believe he actually provided kind of a lot of great context, a good primer for the rest of the conversations that we were going to have. Um, a lot of the people I've spoken to have said, you know, that's one of their favorites in the sense of he really explained kind of what critical race theory was and is and brought it kind of from a, from a viewpoint that seemed very objective. Um, our second episode was with uh, Ian Lopez, Ian Haney Lopez. He's from Berkeley and he presented um, more of the left leaning um, side of critical race theory that, um, you know, really kind of focused on a lot of the, the, the elements I think that are, that are, um, in a, in the news and are, and are bringing up a lot of controversy. So talking about stuff like dog whistle politics and, you know, kind of like how Republicans are all bad and racist and stuff like that. I'm paraphrasing here, but, um, um, but, but he really kind of brought it from, from that angle. And then James Lindsay brought the counter argument. And I know a lot of you guys are thinking, well, why, why him? He's, you know, you got two professors and you got James Lindsay. Well, well, you know, James Lindsay has been very vocal about his stance against critical race theory for a long, long time, despite that he's a mathematician, you know, he's a hoax, um, hoaxer. Um, he's got a lot of other controversial views, um, but he's been studying it for a while. And um, I really thought that he brought something really kind of good to the table in kind of a counter argument. Um, whether you, you agree with it or not, it was a counter argument. So, um so, so with, with that said, you know, I'm curious, Joe, like, what, what, what are, what are your thoughts kind of about the series, the guests, um, you know, kind of your own views about critical race theory? Uh, well, you know, like me, I am more conservative in my viewpoints and I do lean heavily on conservative news. I, I understand that when I, when I listen or I watch any of that, it, it is very biased. So I, I watch that with that understanding. So I, when they talk about critical race theory, it's always incredibly bad. It's going to destroy everything and it's going to make your children hate themselves and, and things like that. So, uh, hearing someone who has a different opinion than me, like, uh, like Daniel, for instance, Professor Daniel from Yale, uh, he was amazing. I, I really enjoyed how he stated the arguments and I don't, I'm not saying I, I agree a hundred percent with everything he said, 
Um, uh, but I, I love being able to hear what, what from the people that are teaching it from those, um, who know the most about it. I loved hearing his side of things and, um, he seemed very balanced. Um, professor Ian, uh, Ian, professor Lopez, <laughs> uh, he, uh, <laughs> I felt like uh, he was kind of more towards um, one side of the spectrum. He kind of swung one way. And so for me, uh, that, that one hurt my heart a little bit <laughs> because like he was very like going after the motives, going after that, that, uh, that people that are conservative have negative motivations behind everything they do. And um, and some of the things he was talking about with dog whistling and things like that, um, it, it frustrated me. But at the same time, I could see what he was talking about. I could see like I could see how you could think that, but I never thought that. Or I could say like I could see how you would put the two together, but in my wildest dreams, I would have never put those two things together. And so, um, but I. I I could see that. Um, and then, of course, uh, with, uh, with Dr. Uh, with Dr. Lindsay, uh, I agree most, I agree with him mostly because he's more of a conservative, uh, thinker. And yeah, uh, I, I, I have to back up and be like, okay, how do these all interlink and, and what is truth within it, you know? Um, and so I usually, Go back. I'm like, okay, let's just start from the beginning. Start with human nature. Start with how God wants us to view things. And so, um, that's where I have to view all the lenses of every, of everyone's talking. Um, my, one of my favorite Bible verse when anyone ta- brings up race is Galatians 3.28, where it says there's neither Jew nor Greek, uh, neither slave nor free. Uh, neither male nor female for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So I'm like, okay, we're all one in Christ Jesus. Where do we make mistakes? Where, where do, how, and then let's make things better. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey there, Josh Bertram here, faithful host of the faithful politics podcast. I want to let you know about a compelling new spinoff the Faith Roundtable, where I'll be interviewing top faith leaders, theologians, and scholars to unpack the pressing issues that are shaping the church in America today. We'll dive into topics like faith and public life, social justice, and how we can engage our communities more effectively. Make sure you don't miss any of our enlightening conversations by subscribing to it on our YouTube channel. Join me at the Faith Roundtable, where deep discussion meets thoughtful insight. Mm, wow. Um, yeah, you know, it, it's, it's, it's interesting. Like, I think Daniel definitely resonated probably more with me. Um, but on the same token, you know, a lot of the vitriol that, um, you know, I'm hearing and seeing uh, against James, like, I, I just don't, I don't get it. I, I, he mm. is offering an opinion that's, that's, wildly different than what the first two guests presented but but like you know i just look at him like a person like like uh i was i was talking to somebody recently 
And I said, like, I don't think he's even a bad guy. I, you know, like, I may mm-hmm. not agree with everything he says, but I actually think he's a pretty decent person. Number one, he, you know, re- um, wanted to come on the show. So, hey, that's a that's a bonus. You know, he went to talk. Um, he knew that I was having other experts on. Um, he didn't necessarily try to, like, shoot them down or, you know, belittle them. And, you know, and he was the last speaker. And then um, even after we were done recording, I mean, like, he he hung around for, like, an extra 20 minutes. We were just, just talking shop. I mean, it wasn't even like... it 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 it, it wasn't even like he started dropping in bombs like crazy you know (laughs) and and was like a different person like i i really think that he believes the things he believes and um you know one of the uh one one of the one of the comments that he he had you know that that really kind of solidified it for me was he's like look like we do have issues in this country you know <laughs> there is like you know racial disparities um and what have you so it wasn't like he was completely you know apathetic or trying to ignore a problem that's there it's just he he did not think that CRT was the was the solution to fix yeah. the problems we have um which great like hey you know like it 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 maybe he's right maybe he's wrong but like it's an opinion that's informed from a certain place based off his research you know um yeah now i'll go ahead yeah i was uh well i think people have a problem uh with james it, well because if you're coming from the same place as professor lopez where the 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 right is always trying to uh, it, what they're doing is racially motivated then everything that james says has an agenda and i don't necessarily think that i mean cuz i i think i agree more w- with james and i think sometimes you just are viewing how to fix things a different way and if and i would say i what resonated me about what James said was that he's when he was trying to describe a CRT is he, one of the tenants he said is that, uh, that they want social change immediately, like all at once, boom, you know, the whole enchilada. And uh, he would, he would say, do it incrementally, which was how, uh, when we, um, in the sixties and everything, when we were doing the civil rights movement, the that's how they were wanting it done incrementally. Let's change things. And, but CR, but CRT says the only reason we, what he was saying was the only reason we want to do it that way is because it white people, it, the, those who are in power, they want to, uh, it benefits them. So he was saying, he was saying, no, that's not correct. I think you do it incrementally because as you do one thing, uh, then you can see, does it work or does it not work? And if it works, keep it. If it doesn't work, change it. You know, it's a very, we have a very complicated system. Yeah. And, and, and I don't know if you picked up on this or not, but um, every guest um, that I had on in the series, I, I asked them basically two, two questions that were the same across. The first one was what is CRT? Um, I asked all three of them and all three of them gave me some version of what they thought CRT was. Um, And um, 
James actually provided a definition out of the Introduction to Critical Race Theory book, which which is which is a book I've read. Um, actually, I read it kind of before the the uh, the series. So I'm j- I'm just going to read it again um, here for everybody. So <clears throat> um, it's under the chapter titled "What is Critical Race Theory." <laughs> so it says Critical Race Theory (CRT) is a movement. Um, is a collection of activists and scholars engaged in studying and transforming the relationship among race, racism, and power. Excuse me. The movement considers many of the same issues that conventional civil rights and ethnic studies discourses take up, but places them in a broader perspective that includes economics, history, setting, group and self-interest, and emotions in the unconscious. Unlike traditional civil rights discourse, which stresses incrementalism and step-by-step progress, Critical race theory questions the very foundations of the liberal order, including equality theory, legal reasoning, enlightenment, rationalism, and neutral principles of constitutional law. So, you know, for, for me, you know, when I when I first approached the subject of CRT, because I, I had sort of debated whether or not we should even cover it, but it was in the news a lot. And we just thought, you know, it, it might be it might be something that our listeners would benefit from from having a better understanding of. So I didn't come to the table with a whole bunch of preconceived notions, ideas, thoughts or opinions about this particular topic. Um, I get people ask me all the time, like, what do you think about CRT? I'm like, I have no idea what it is, you know, um, and, you know, having at least like some level of unifying definition that everybody can agree on, I think is a good starting point. Uh, because most of, I think, the punditry, most of the opinions you hear about it seem like it's not even like coming close to what CRT actually is. I mean, like if you look at all the all the different laws and and regulations that some school districts are coming out trying to ban CRT, like they're not actually banning CRT. They're just banning some something else you know <laughs> they're like yeah. they're 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 basically like either overemphasizing um like some key critical you know aspect or underemphasizing um and i think it's it's really unfortunate so 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 for me like if you were to ask me like what do i think about crt you know i i i would kind of i would my answer would be somewhat nuanced in the in the fact of sort of the um, the journey to learn what CRT is, is really going to help inform like my opinion about it. So the first part was for me to just to kind of find out what it is, you know, and I think that if you are a conservative news watcher, you know, Fox News, OEN, or listen to politicians, like your definition of what CRT is, is going to be much different than my definition of CRT. And depending on your definition, it's really going to color how you feel about my definition. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. Uh, and 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 the second part is, you know, I, I really believe that when you answer that question, you have to kind of just humble yourself and just admit that, hey, you're not an expert. You're just providing, you know, uh, an opinion based on, you know, the 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 information feeds that you're getting about CRT. Um, and and then and then third, I think I think. You know, for me, I had to sort of question what I knew about CRT and then also question why I know it. Um, you know, am I, I mean, my, my political ideology does tend to skew left. So, 
you know, just my subconscious is like, okay, what, what does the left think about CRT? Oh, they like it. Okay. Then I'll probably like it once <laughs> I learn more about it, you know, just kind of like you, you're like, what, are, what, what do conservatives think about CRT? They hate it. Okay. So I'll probably hate it once I'm done learning about it, you know? <laughs> um, uh, but, but I, if, if I understand CRT is just like a legal framework that just seeks to try to understand, you know, inequality in our, in our legal system, then I would have to say that I'm I'm for it because I do think there is like inequality. I do think that there's a need to look at it. Do I think it's sort of the end all be all to solve it? No, but I don't I don't think nor yeah, I don't think that CRT strives to provide answers um, as much as it does to examine like the problem. I don't know. Like what what do you think? I think if that's the way it's used, I think that's good. You know, I, I think that if you're looking at a situation and you – that is very, very complex. Like say I, I heard a story about um, a particular roadway and it was very congested. And, and then at, in the article, I started talking about how this was a sign of racism. And I was like, well, how could this be a sign of racism? And, and at first I was like, this is ridiculous. But when they talked about how um, they put the road specifically in an area that wasn't going to bother wealthy people or, or – and it was specifically in an area that was – this like big highway was specifically put in an area that was low income and predominantly people of color – I'm like, I can see that. I can see that this was either a dramatic oversight or they didn't care about people. And so if you can if you can look at it and be like, no, I don't I just think it might have been an oversight. Uh, sure. But if but where I think it goes askew is if everything becomes because of racism. You know, if every um, inequality is because of racism, uh, I think that that becomes divisive. And mm -hmm. I think as a country, I think, yes, we should see, try to hit our own biases. I did like uh, when Professor Lopez talked about how we're always trying to find out who is part of our tribe or who's part of our, who's safe to be around. And, you know, when that changes with how people treat each other, and I think the simplest way uh, to cause division is to say, these people don't like you, and and so, or these people think you don't like them. Like It's like, okay, these people think I don't like them. I want to either try to convince them I like them, or... Or I, or I'm gonna. I don't want to mess with it because I don't think there's any way I can convince them. So I'm gonna leave them alone. And so there has to be a a way to intersect that in such a way. There has to be a common ground that says, "Hey, let's become family. Let's become we 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 are safe with each other, and the color of our skin isn't going to change that. You know, there has hmm. to be a societal shift in thinking." 
Yeah. Now, now, what what do you think about? Um, I I can't remember if, if um, Professor Lopez brought this up or not, but you know there was this discussion about how certain activities are are done. Um, gosh, I can't remember the, the the phrase off the top of my head, but basically, like Brown Brown v. Board of Education was only done because it benefited white people. Um, you know, therefore, you know, it, it's, it's racist. Um, and then there's like, like a lot of other sort of issues like, like that. Um, so, so what, what do you, what do you think about that? Well, um, in some ways I could see why that could seem true. I, I, I have a natural distrust of government to begin with. <laughs> so um, I, I want the government to not tell me what to do. And I don't want, want the government to tell you what to do. And if, but the government has to make laws that say, don't kill people, you know, like they have to step in to protect those who need to be protected. And so that's the role of government. And so when, when, so, and that's the fine line between, I think, conservative and liberalism is where, where does that intersect? Where, like, uh, what can they tell you what to do? Um, so when, when you're, when they're like, they only did this because they were white. Well, I think that there are people out there that are, oh, I mean, it was ben- it would only benefit the white people. Um, I think there are people out there that want to do good. I think, especially like for me, I think Christians want to do the right thing. If they're seeking after God, I think that there are, and our country um, has made profound mistakes, but there's always, always a group of Christians. Like if you look behind the good things, you can, most of the time you're going to find a Christian somewhere being like, let's do this because of Jesus. You know, I mean, like almost every good thing um, you'll, you'll find like women's, women's rights, you know, there's Christians involved at the beginning, you know, the right to vote. That was, a, that, that was a Christian thing. Uh, you know, uh, there's a, there's a lot of Christians did a, a huge thing and they weren't getting any benefit out of it. It was specifically because they felt like Christ brought in freedom. And so, I think if you don't believe in a God, then you don't believe um, that ever, then you must believe that this came from some sort of an evolutionary standpoint. And if evolution, if, if everything is broken down by evolution, evolution is just, you know, the bigger eat the smaller or, we can evolutionary, we do communities because it benefits me better evolutionary wise. That's why I have compassion. That's why. So of course, if you put that model on top of politics, well, evolutionary white people know that treating other people of color is going to help them. Well, of course they're going to do it to help themselves, but I don't think that's necessarily, I mean, there probably is instances where that happens, but I don't think in this case it was. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's one of those, like, um, every, 
every governmental action benefits one particular group over another. Um, you know, so for instance, like like now, I mean, you've got Democrats in charge of the Senate, the House, the presidency. So one would expect that the majority of the policies that are being promulgated will um, disproportionately um, benefit Democrats. Hence, you yeah. know, like everybody's trying to get reelected and whatnot. And, you know, but as a as a sort of collateral effect, like Republicans will also benefit. So, you know, it's kind of like the uh, the the extra Biden bucks that we all get all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, Um that that's been a fairly far left progressive kind of, um, you know, uh, marker for a while, but you know, like not just Democrats are getting it, you know, like everybody's getting it, but it's, but, it's a, it, but it's an initiative and it's an agenda item that, that, that progressives have been pushing because members of their constituency probably have been asking for it. You would think. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm not necessarily as hardened, on you know brown you know um versus board of education is is inherently racist um because i think um you know because i think it it benefited the u.s because of the cold war and our image and a lot of white people were in charge and whatnot like i'm I'm not necessarily on that bandwagon um you know at this time but i i can i can see an argument and i can understand the place that that argument is coming from because yeah like Everybody, you know, any any institutional body does have its own best interests at heart when making like rules, because you can't expect to have like 538 some odd members of Congress, you know, all with this sort of like, you know, heart of Jesus. (laughs) <laughs> that just like, I don't care if, if this, if this doesn't get me reelected, this is just what's, what's good for the people, yeah. you know? <laughs> so, um, I don't I, think I, that happens really. <laughs> I, I don't think that ever happens, you know? So, so I, I, I don't know. Like I, I just, I, I really think, you know, the, the whole issue of CRT is, is, you know, it's, it's a good conversation to have. I'm really glad that, um, the, the country as a whole has been engaging in that conversation. I don't like the fact that people are arguing about the wrong thing. I, I don't think that's healthy. You know, I think, um, CRT as a, as a, you know, teaching tool to make like white kids hate their parents, you know? Um, I mean, like, I'm in an interracial marriage. I married to your sister, you know, <laughs> like, so like, I don't think my kids are going to hate their mom and like, love me, you know, like, I just, I yeah. just don't see that happening. And, and a lot of parents that are concerned that's going to happen, I think are just being fed like, uh, lies and are, and aren't being, you know, aren't, aren't being told the, the, the true story about what CRT really is. Um, uh, because even, even like, with, you know, you know, Professor Lopez or, or Professor Ho saying, like, I didn't get the sense that they're, they're wanting for us to teach our kids to hate white people. You know, I, I do think it's important to treat, you know, um, or to educate kids about, like, the history of the United States, you know, yeah, the good, absolutely. bad, and indifferent, you know, and I remember this last um, Martin Luther King Day, it was like the first, it was the first time that we actually sat down with our oldest Jericho and, and told him about MLK. And like, 
I, I don't know if he was too young or or not. We just found some YouTube video, some kid YouTube video about Martin Luther King. And, um, and I'm surprised they actually show they're like, yeah, and he got shot, you know, <laughs> like, and, and, uh, and Jericho's like, why do you, why do the cops hate black people? I was like, well, the cops don't really hate black people, you know, like, like at that, it was just a different time, different mindset, you know, cops are still good people, you know, and, and, um, it's just, they didn't like the message <laughs> that he was conveying because he wanted for everybody to, to, to be equal, you know? And, but, but it was weird to kind of see him wrestle through that, you know, and then to connect the dots, the fact that, wait a minute, like my, my dad is, is Brown, you know, <laughs> like, and for, for, for him to just sort of like make that connection. And, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily think that he, you know, is like, oh, like Whitey is, you know, bad or anything like that. <laughs> um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's really, it's really bizarre. I don't, I don't have any issues with you know, CRT adjacent materials being taught in our school, um, yeah. as in, Hey, racism's bad. You know, um, it was primarily promulgated by, you know, one particular nationality, but don't like, don't hone in on the fact that it was just white people, you know, like black people are racist too. Asians are racist too. You know, like everybody has like, you know, a little bit of prejudice, yeah. You know, and, and even and even J- James Lindsay alluded to this about like the Chinese Exclusion Act, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, like, like there's a law named after them, you yeah. know, <laughs> that that kept them from uh, being equal members in the society. And I just, you know, I, I, I think we just have to we have to understand what happened, but then also just focus on on the future and try to just be better. So, you know, I, I guess um, at the at the lunch table of debating, you know, mm-hmm. uh, when, when talking with other people, I think uh, if CRT is just, let's look at it, look at a situation in such a way to see if there was any racism and let's, let's put our, that, that lens on and, and tweak. If there was, let's change that. You know, I think I would be for that because I think racism is evil in in all forms. Um, but sometimes I feel like it's, the uh, the the way it's described and maybe this is just a wrong take from me but when when talking to people is um is that is that white people because they're in power they're the they're they are racist and then people of color cannot be racist because you cannot be racist if you're not in power and so the way they interact and so uh, i like i guess for me that feels alienating you know like i remember you were talking about martin luther king um i remember i was we were in computer lab when i was in like middle school and uh, and i was going through the encyclopedia on computer <laughs> and there was and i was just scrolling and it had like a big portion of the speech i had a dream and like i remember sitting there and i was in this little town of milford where there's more cows than people and like i felt like it was a coming to jesus moment of like like this was beautiful even now thinking about it my i'm welling up in tears and you know like 
in my little heart, I'm like, I'm going to be that guy. I want to be that guy to people. And then feeling like, okay, I'm coming in with a heart to be that guy. And then saying, no, you're the other guy. You can't (laughs) be that guy, you know, and you can never be that guy. You are, you are the oppressor by, by who you are. So it's like, oh, it's, you know, this, it's feels almost crushing, you know, Mm, and like, how do you interact in that way? Yeah. Now, now, um, let's, let's talk about, um, the, the declining white population and why, um, why you're afraid. Um, so if you are, um, you know, a regular watcher or listener of Tucker Carlson, um, he did not disappoint with his uh, critique about um, the recent um, census that just that just came out. Um, he on his show just recently he he uh, he he made a comment basically saying um, you know non white people are cheering the extinction of white people um, um, <laughs> because because in the in the most recent census it showed that there was a, a decline in the um, white population let's see it was um it went it was from 63.7 percent in 2010 and went down to 57.8 percent um the uh the group that actually saw the largest um boom um in the last 10 years was uh multiracial uh, people that number went from nine million um, to thirty three point eight million, which, um, which which is just fascinating. Um, and 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 a, a lot of um, what I've read, what I've heard um, from both our guests and friends and and family, you know, is that the the decrease in the white population does actually concern some segments of the broader population um, because of a fear that they're going to become the minority and, and seeing, you know, how minorities are disproportionately treated in this country. There's some, there's some concern. Um, So, so one, one of our guests, I can't remember the, the, the the name of the guest, but you know, they, they talked about um, like when Barack Obama was, was president um, how his presidency spawned a lot of new racist feelings and people because they all of a sudden saw that, okay, like, well, black people can be in power now. And to some degree that's threatening to me because if they can be there, they can be everywhere. Um, and, and, and I remember like when I was in elementary school, I had a teacher that told me I would never be president because I was black. This is a school teacher telling me this, mind you. <laughs> like, yeah, and and I believe that for the longest time. I was like, all right, well, I, you know, like at that at that age, I didn't really have a concept or a framework to put racism yeah. like in a category. So I just yeah. thought, well, the teacher told me I can't be president because I'm black. So all right, I guess I got to be an astronaut, you know, or or whatever, <laughs> fireman. Um, but 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 I, I'm curious on 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 what are your thoughts about you know the the white population, you know slowly losing its footing um in the country Uh, there there are probably people that that do feel that way um i really don't know any i think 
I think what I see is the force, like people not wanting their rights taken away. So, um, and I think it would be less on a race thing and more on a, a more on like a, uh, like a religious thing. Like, like um, having, like for me as a pastor, uh, being forced to uh, do like a gay marriage or, or something like that, or the talking about like, if you're doing a, a conference for couples, do you, uh, do you, what do you do if like trans people show up, you know? And so it's being like sued or forced to do things that they don't want, want to do uh, uh, being, but I, I don't normally see the, the race card there. Um, I, when professor, um, professor Lopez was talking about, um, you know, Trump calling all Mexicans rapists or something. And with that, uh, um, I didn't see that as a, a, I didn't, view him saying that as saying all Mexicans are rapists. What I heard him say, you know, translation in my brain was Mm -hmm. that there are rapists coming in from Mexico and that it would be nice to have a way that we can check who comes in. Uh, But some people might say, oh, you want to stop them because they're not the same color as you. Which I would say, it, I I like color and I like learning about people of color. And most of the people that I talk to, you know, they they want to know more about people of color. They just don't want their identity to, to someone else's identity to be forced on them. They want to have their own kind of culture. And I also mm-hmm. kind of thought it was interesting when Professor Daniel, the the, the first person we talked to from Yale. Um, that you talked to, uh, talked about how the definition of, of race, and I think it was Professor Daniel, mm-hmm. talked about how, you know, it changed from your ethnicity to your white. Like, me, I didn't think about, I, I'm yes, I'm white, but I didn't think about that. I thought of myself as Italian, German. That's another Italian German. I didn't think of white as being one thing. <laughs> or, you know, that's that to me all of a sudden like okay what you're talking about you you're speaking english but it's a different language like i that's why i think crt is is confusing for a lot of people <coughs> because they're they're not watching the transformation of what crt is so they don't even they don't even have the words to communicate or talk about it yeah. <coughs> because they're but, understanding but, but- but do, do it's it's interesting just to kind of hear you talk because I'm curious on you know you you said you don't want to necessarily have your you know identity or culture sort of pressed upon you know even if you were a minority but but currently like like you're not I mean like you're yeah. you're both you know Christianity is the dominant religion in this country um you know, the, uh, Anglo European, mm-hmm. um, you know, 
racial identity is the the predominant one. Um, so, like, like how 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 would you view you know religious liberty if your religion was the minority? So, say say for instance, if 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 you practice, you know, I don't know, Geraldism. Yeah. <laughs> you know, where, well, where I would say, I, well, maybe this is I'm putting on a martyr uh, hat when I don't need to, because I would say conservative religion, like being a being someone who is conservative Christianity, is a minority. Like you walk into most churches, there they a lot of them have a liberal mindset. And so you you walk in, you say, I don't necessarily agree uh, with, you know, liberal doctrine. Well, you don't belong anymore. You know, the and so I've I've talked to a lot of Christians that don't go to church anymore because a lot of like a lot of like the the big mainline churches, the ones that fill the seats are not full of conservative Christians. They're full a more liberal leaning Christians. And so I would say I, I, I understand what that is like. Also, I feel like the, the dominant, the middle ground isn't, you can believe what you believe with Christianity. The middle ground in society is atheism. You know, it's uh, don't talk about your religion at all. So like you go to work, you're not supposed to talk about, about it. Not, and so you can't bring it up. Uh, and so, you know, I, I, I feel that and I feel like it's been, you know, I think it's been kind of taken out of a public life talking about Christianity, maybe from the South. It's maybe a little different. <laughs> I'm not sure. And, yeah. Yeah. Us, us Southerners aren't, aren't shy about talking about our faith. Um, yeah. but um, all right. So uh, last last topic, I just want to um, kind of enter a conversation today just talking about a racist rock. Um, and, um, and I'm going to read an article here just uh, just kind of set the stage from CNN. So the University of Wisconsin removed a 42 ton boulder from its Madison campus Friday after complaints from students of color who called the rock a symbol of racism. Um, Chamberlain Rock, which had sat on Observatory Point since 1925, was named after Thomas Chamberlain, a geologist and former university president who served from 1887 to 1892. Um, the an article from the Journal Times um, basically described, let's see, so... Uh, a news report in the Wisconsin State Journal on October 9th, 1925, on the excavation of the boulder said, For centuries, the huge granite niggerhead, partly visible, has been lying there on the hill just alongside the Cinder Drive. For three days, a crew of men with horses, steel cable, and a capstan of 75 tons pulling capacity have been working to bring it to the surface. Yada, yada. They're just describing, like, about the, about the rock. Um, so... Um, even though, um, just a little bit further, um, patently offensive for its racist reference today, um, at the time, the word niggerhead was a common term for a large black rock for hills and other geological objects. Um, 
It was also used as a brand name for a variety of consumer products from soap and canned oysters to tobacco. So my question to you, Pastor Gerald, is should they have removed the rock? <laughs> well, okay. Um, I, I think I was <laughs> listening to you talk about living in the South on uh, one of the previous podcasts. Mm-hmm. And it broke my heart, even though you were saying stuff jokingly, to to have to drive by a street of like uh, some general in um, some general in in the Civil War uh, mm-hmm. from the South, and that you have to look at that every day. Okay, symbols have power. So if to the people there, this rock really you know, symbolizes something of racism, take it down. I don't, it's like, whatever, it's a rock. You know, if this is a big deal, take it down. You know, uh, I think that we put things up and we take things down. That's we're humans. We, we do stuff like that. And I don't think you should do it over, you know, if the, I don't think it should be a big fight. Like if there's a big population of people, that find something dumb, sure, take it down, whatever. Mm, yeah, you know, you know what do you think? I much much like all of my opinions, like they're they're somewhat nuanced um, in the sense of there are a lot of token gestures that can easily replace the hard work um, yeah. of doing things. So. Um, there, there, there's quite a bit of study actually, um, that I've been reading about like diversity, um, um, equality and inclusion training, um, where they talk about the effectiveness of those types of training. And, you know, there's a lot of studies saying that, Hey, like maybe it's not really that effective to tell people, Hey, treat others as equal. Hey, don't harass women. Hey, don't, you know, um, look down (laughs) on you know, somebody that's LGBTQ or a different color than you, you know, like, like, uh, like we, we do those things, I think, because it's easy. It's like, okay, well, okay. Hey, um, I'm gonna do the training, make sure everybody signed the roster, scan it, give it to HR. Okay. Check that box. Okay. Yep. 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 We're a company that believes in, you know, inclusion and diversity and blah, 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 blah. You know, um, I think the rock is kind of like a, uh, uh, Another example of that, it's easier to pull like a 42 ton rock out of the ground than, you know, say, view, you know, the racial inequalities in your college campus, you know, and and make strides to 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 try to lift everybody up, you know, and and I and I'm wondering, like, if I was the the president of that college campus, if I wouldn't be, you know, in a position where I'm like, well, I could do this or, you know, like I can just lift up this rock, you know, cause it was a movement by the black student union, you know, <laughs> and then kind of just yeah. put that, put that feather in my cap and be like, Hey, look, you know, like, Hey, we're, we're paying attention to people's needs, wants, whatever, you know? And, um, and, and, and I, and w- while I think that removing symbols and signs of racism, you know, like for me personally, I like reading more in the article, there was no other really mi- real mention of, you know, racist connotations or nomenclature being ascribed to this particular rock. Like, 
I wouldn't have been a, been offended by it, but I do think that we should remove idols and monuments that have been erected yeah. to glorify people that like like did did promote that kind of stuff. So I'm 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 definitely on the take the statues down of racists that were put there by racist um, like side of the side of the argument. But I just I I I I don't want like the rock being moved as just like that's it, you know, like hey yeah we. <laughs> like I, I, um, I sent something to, um, to my wife recently. I just got like an updated, my credit score and mm. looking pretty good. So like, you know, suck it, Dave Ramsey. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, so I, I, I sent it to my wife who, who's white. Um, and I said, uh, look, like racism's over, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> uh, she, she got a good kick out of it, you know? And so do I, cause it's just like, it's one of these things where like, people are like, yeah, look at you, Will, you got good credit, you know? Like, what are you talking about racism? You know, like racism doesn't exist. You got good credit. Um, and I just think the rock is just another like, like, like metaphor like that. Is, is the term virtue signaling? Is that the, I believe so. Yeah. Of, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a, a Bible verse. I was pondering it. Uh, yesterday on James two fourteen, and it says, "What good is what good is it, my brother and sister, if someone claims to have faith but have no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes, daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself." Uh, if it is not accompanied by action is dead. You know, I think about virtue signaling like that, like you're, you're not adding, you're, you're adding to the problem when all you're doing is putting words to it uh, without actual deeds. And so like move a rock. I mean, I think if it's stopping, uh, this is at a college, right? Mm -hmm. So if it's stopping your college from working, like if it's become a thing, get it out of there. Um, but I think when people just are saying bumper sticker slogans so that, um, that they feel like they're a part of a movement, but they're actually not trying to change things. I think that is the problem. The, the show, I'm a good person because I, I agree with what you're saying, but do you actually agree with what you're saying? I mean, does your, does what you do out of your heart does it show that you love people that you really want to um better people and better the country and better the people around you yeah it's almost like how many how many um jesus fish stickers do you need to have in your vehicle to become a christian you know <laughs> yeah um like i don't i mean we don't have any on ours you know but um, and I think we have like, I knew you one guys cross. were backsliding, but it's, okay. <laughs> I know, I know <laughs> just busting the doors of hell wide open. That's a yeah, us, the yeah, right yeah. family. <laughs> so, I think I, her. I, I, I was mailing you one uh, anonymously, but you guys never put them on, but I'm trying to save <laughs> your soul. <laughs> yeah. CRT is a gateway drug to uh, atheism. Yeah. So, you know, what, what can I say? But, um, well, anyways, um, I think that's, uh, that's about it. So I think we, we covered CRT. I am not looking forward to doing another series on CRT again. So I would highly recommend if you haven't checked out our series to check them out, it's on YouTube and, um, our podcast, our webpage, you can find it wherever, um, and um, yeah, any uh, any final words, Gerald, before we sign off? Well, it's it's been an interesting show, and 
interesting series. So I just appreciate being a part of it. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. Well, thanks, everybody. You guys enjoy your 